Hello, 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 all my beautiful friends, companions, childrens out there. All you delicious, delicious truffles and souls. Welcome back to yet another installment of the Sex, Drugs, and Jesus podcast. This is going to be the third and final of the episodes in my oppression series I've been doing. This one's going to be a little bit longer than the other ones were because that's just the way it went. I don't spend a whole lot of time trying to shorten my content or reduce what I have to say because what I'm saying is super important. It's critical. It's life-saving. It's life-changing. And I get everyone's in a hurry to switch to the next reel and quick, 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 quick. Well, I will not bend my ministry to people's faith. If somebody's going through enough pain and they really want their lives to change, they will slow down and listen to videos and reels, whatever the length is. And so quality, quality, quality. That is what I have always focused on and always will. So thank you all for sticking with these episodes. And I, and I commend you, Nancy Pelosi, clap for you for being bold enough to take all the triggering things that I say, or really God is saying through me, all the way God is trying to trick to trigger you and encourage you to, to change because triggers when somebody says something that pisses you off or triggers you, but you know, the shit's true. That's you, that that's a shakeup that's happening in order for you to be inspired to change. That's what it's all about. That's the epicenter of the core of my ministry and everything I do. There's no good staying the same. We got to get up and change and grow. So in this episode here, we're going to be talking about Karma, of course, how you need to leave them fucking tragic ass jobs that you have. Those, those are oppressive as fuck. I'll talk a little bit about the drug game from my days back being a drug dealer. Big part, a big part, a big part. I've already dropped some of these video clips on my social media, but you know why options are really one of your worst fucking enemies. It's not all about options. People are a slave to options. People lust and incessant greed and desires to always be moving on to the next option, which is trained into your head by, by the dating apps. A lot of it and the reels you, you click through on social media, you know, people have trained themselves to be like, what's next, what's next, what's next. And then when they get say into a relationship with somebody, they can't be with that person, not, not fully with that person because their head is so trained on what's next, what's next, what's next. The devil has tricked people into thinking there's always something better over there. Or the grass is greener over there. However, it is an illusion. And I came across this book called Unlock Happiness by Mastering the Self by this dude named Shabir Shaberi. I believe is how I'm saying it. I'm going to read you a little excerpt from it. And it says, and he talks about what he calls the law of desire by availability. That's the law of desire by availability. So he's saying, Shabir is saying, end quote here, uh, the more you have of something, the less you will value it. If something is always available, no matter how important, chances are you will completely forget about its value. You will only be reminded of its value after you lose it. The scenarios and fantasies we make in our heads are almost exclusively about luxuries and I'll add experiences or whatever it is that you might value. We don't have, we even make promises to ourselves. And as soon as we have these yet unreached goals, quote unquote, 
we would do better or even change. Sometimes we'll even go as far as saying, it's the only thing I want, quote unquote also. Little do we know that these luxuries will start losing value the moment we get them. Soon after, they too will become the norm, like the many blessings we already have and don't appreciate. So what is Shabir Shabari saying here? And again, that is unlock happiness by mastering the self. I haven't had a chance to necessarily read through the whole thing. And I usually don't agree with everything that Walker says, but I like the direction this guy is headed in. So what is Shabir saying here? He's saying that people, and it, this dovetails so nicely with the overarching theme of this particular episode. I'm so happy to have come across this. Basically, he's saying that, like I was saying, the grass looks greener on the other side until you get over there and you hop around in it for like two seconds and then you're bored with it. And so I dedicate a large part of this show to trying to help you people avoid sacrificing the perfectly good things that you already have by letting what he's calling, what I call Lucifer, or what he's calling the law of desire by availability, you know, trick you into thinking that something's always going to be available or that you can always come back to it if you, if you decide to depart from it or that the reasons that you are bored of what you have is because you are thinking there's always something else. One of the main things that I say in this show is that there is always going to be another option and another option and another person or another thing you can go do. You could spend your entire fucking life going from one option, person, place, or thing to the next. You got to set your ass down and learn how to do what Cheryl Crow said in her famous song, Soak Up the Sun. He said it's not about having what you want, but it's about wanting what you've got. It's about having what you want, not about want. Fuck. Yeah, it's not about having what you want, but it's wanting what you got. This speaks to being present in the moment, paying attention to what you have, and slowing the fuck down enough to value it. So for those of you who have not fallen into this pitfall, this is a huge, this is why options are one of the largest forms of oppression. Y'all hear me say it all the time. Options are the illusion of freedom. It's not true freedom. People do better sometimes in situations where they have less options. They're more happy. They're more fucking happy. They're just more fucking happy because they, they don't have the, this illusion working on them. Put your fucking cell phone down. Get off the damn dating apps. And if you're going to be on social media, limit that shit. Use those screen, saver, screen time saver apps and shit on your phone. That's how I was able to lock myself out of, you know, like grinder scruff and jack back in the day when I thought I might be tempted to use them. But interesting, as soon as I was I figured out how to use Apple's screen time thing to, to, to lock myself out of those apps, I didn't have a desire to use the fuckers anyway. <laughs> oh, I don't know. Maybe God saw I was serious about it or, or whatever. But if you're going, if you're going be using like Facebook and all of that, you know, you know, monitor how much time you're putting into it and know if, Whatever you look at, there's energy to it, there's spirit to it. Pay attention with how you let your mind be conditioned by the things that you do. Because you don't want to have a fabulous job or a nice person you're in a relationship with and you think you're bored with that person, you're not really bored with that person. Is that, that your mind has got you tricked into thinking that you got to go do something else because you've just been doing, just going from one thing in person to another for so damn long, you, you haven't slowed down to catch up with yourself. So... I suggest taking a look at least this book on Amazon, Unlock Happiness by Mastering the Self. And his name is spelled S-H-O-B-E-I-R. 
S-H-O-B-E-Y-R-I. And, and let's learn some self-control, people. Let's get happy. Let's be patient with ourselves. Let's love people and put people before ourselves, but let's always do it in balance. So let's break every chain. Let's break every yoke. And the do what the Lord said do is to lay aside every weight and the sin that does so easily beset us. To be beset means to be shaken off, out of position, taken off course. So the people carry weights willingly. What God and I are trying to do is let my people go, break these chains and bondage up off of y'all so y'all could understand what it's like to actually live a light, free, happy life. But you're going to have to become authentically you in order to do it. You can't be nobody else but you. You're going to have to learn who you are and learn how to love yourself, which is the first step of breaking free from any kind of oppression. Because if you don't, you're just going to repeat the, the same cycles again. Let's not be hard-headed and keep going through the same shit all over again. It's time to get free, y'all. So here's episode three. Uh, here's the freedom, bitches. And whom the sun sets free is free indeed. Let's get free up in here, up in here, up in here. Yes. I'm going to get back on these parents. I want you to look your child in the eye and ask your child who they are and or how they plan to find out who they are. They don't know already what their life's purpose is and or how they plan to find it out if they don't know. It's okay if they don't know. Your task is to help them and to leave that door open for the rest of their lives should they need to come back and reevaluate some shit. You can't just have one sex talk with your kids. You need to talk to them about everything. You need to tell them, we're going to talk about sex. We're going to talk about your identity and how you feel about yourself. Don't think this is your kid presents confidently that they are confident. Because the whole inner working schema of a fake ass person wanting to look strong is because they're really weak. And so a weak person who's willing to wear a mask is always going to go out looking strong, even though they're broken. So as a parent, you have a unique opportunity to ask your child, how are you really feeling? Who are you? And when they give you that shallow ass answer, oh, I'm good. Dig deeper. Who are you? Why are you? You don't know? Cool. How are we going to find out? You can't. There's only so much of you don't want to think about that right now. Maybe when they're five, bitch, when they're in their teens and they're still shrugging off deep conversations are going deep. You might have a narcissist on your hand or somebody who or somebody who, for whatever fucking reason, is afraid of their own self. We can't have this. If somebody's not afraid of their own self, they can talk about themselves in deep and painstaking ways. If they're afraid of themselves, they're going to skirt the issue. Don't let your children run, be right up under your noses with self-esteem issues. Ask them the direct fucking questions. Hey, son, daughter, other who are you? How would you define yourself? How would you explain yourself to yourself? You know, we never have to explain ourselves to another motherfucking person. Sometimes we might choose to if it benefits us or suits us, but we are never required to, to, to render a reason because some bitch wants to try to, to test us. This is our internal dialogue that we're trying to get out of our children. Kid, who are you? Who are you, man? Are you sure? Are you confident? You know, what's going on? You know, Talk to your children. Do not assume. And then revisit that shit. You let Dorothy give a shit. Your kid is 50 fucking years old. And your ass is 90. 
and they come to you. Life has a way of hurting us and taking us down at various ages. Things can cause people to question their identity at different points in life. This year, after that foolishness with that covert narcissistic sociopathic motherfucker, bitch, I didn't know who I fucking was. I needed somebody to be like Devan, and who are you? If they'd asked me that, I'd have been like, I don't know. I don't fucking know right now. I lost my home fucking way. Okay, you... I didn't know or I think that that door was open to my own parents who are yet living for me to go to them and ask them for help like that. You know, so I'm telling you all, I don't care how old your child is, how successful they seem. Check in, bitch. For more than champagne nights and champagne wishes and caviar dreams, check on your cheerings. <laughs> okay, check on them. God damn it. Check on them. Talk about some shit worth talking about. Fuck. Did not, but when the last time Kim Kardashian took a shit, I don't care. <laughs> I do not fucking care. <laughs> Although they may be golden shits, I don't care. <laughs> so, this brings me to my, to my, to my karma section that we're going to talk about a little bit. Then I'm going to. Get back onto the to the to the oppressive stuff uh, for a moment, but since we still talking about bullshit ass dudes, I'm just gonna go ahead. You know the golden rule. Golden rule: do unto others you would have them do unto you. You know in the Bible it says, "God is not mocked; whatever man sows, that also will he reap." Again, spiritual laws; no one can change them. I made the analogy about God at, this, at the beginning of this show being like that teacher who was super duper nice until the class just wouldn't sit down and fucking act right. And then they turned, the, they made the fucking a monster come out of that, that quiet teacher who was always so quiet and calm and they blew up and the class finally set their fucking ass down. And they could have just acted right in the first place and it didn't have to come to that. This reminds me, like God is, God is also like how in terms of karma and paying evil people back. Like how, again, in Harry Potter, when Dumbledore showed up to the Ministry of Magic, in whichever one that was, where Sirius Black got murdered by that bitch, Beatrice Lestrange. I don't know. That might have been the Half-Blood Prince, perhaps. I don't know. But they were in there, the Death Eaters were in there fucking shit up and acting a fool, and they didn't know Dumbledore. Had already been in there and ran Voldemort. Fuck, I think this, yeah, this was after he ran Voldemort off. Before they knew anything, Dumbledore was standing behind them. He took out his wand and in in invisible cards came out in uh, anti-desperation cards. They were so that they couldn't just disappear. And it's like they were trying to get away. He put those cards out and he yanked them all back and they had to set their asses there until the authorities came to pick them up and, and carry them away. That's how that's how God is. He be sitting here just watching you just cut up and act a fool, doing all the things you want to do without regard to him, giving you space to repent and change. And then when you won't, all of a sudden he's upon you and it's too late to get away then. It's done. The the punishment and judgment against you is decided and it's issued forth from his throne. You cannot get away from it. You cannot change it. You can't take it back. It's too late for that. <laughs> and so the people, and again, this is to my queens, the large messages to my queens out there. Okay. 
yes, it, like I said at the beginning, it can be to 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 people identify with male and masculine energy. Take it how it applies to you. Whoever hurt you, however they hurt you. But my heart leads towards to to us women folk out there because you know usually we're the empathetic ones who are trying to work with these guys and give them second, third chances, and they just trample us under feet, you know, and it's just no good. They took health from you. God's going to take health from them, period. They took peace from you. God's going to take peace away from them, period. They took your financial resources, your energetic resources. God is going to wipe them clean. <laughs> okay. I think about this blessed woman, this Lyft driver, after I had, you know, I got in the car, this woman was telling me about how the narcissist in her life wiped out her fucking bank account, bitch, and popped off to another state somewhere, left her with the children that he wanted. Mm. <laughs> I just, when you hear shit like that, you just kind of go, mm. <laughs> okay. Males need to stop thinking that women are just something that they can just pick us up and put us down whenever it suits them. No, it don't work that way. It don't work that way. In the mind of a broken fool, it does. But out here in realityville, where the rest of us live, no. <laughs> but that's okay. You know, and then I think, you know, he may have, I don't know, maybe mentioned something about calling her back or trying to, uh-uh. No, like I said earlier, Jesus said, if you put your hand to the plow and you look back, you aren't fit for the kingdom of God. It won't work. There will be no reaching back. You little boys out there, if you want to actually man up, here's a, t a piece of advice from a woman, a grown-ass woman like me, who's still a kid at heart because got to maintain that inner child. <laughs> and so some days I feel about two years old and I love it. Bitch, you have an opportunity to get a queen. I mean, a true fucking boss-ass bitch. I mean, true, not no fucking bullshit. Girl who got fucking life in order, who can really help you and build you up. And you fuck that up because you want to go back to your hoish ways or do whatever bullshit or you become such a slave to your options, quote-unquote, that you're wondering if there's something better out there. Okay, go and do what you need to do. But the ship is sailing now, and it's not going to be in the dock when you realize what you've done and forfeit it and come back because the world does not revolve around you. <laughs> it doesn't. Opportunities are here today, and that is all you have is this present moment. If you sacrifice that for bullshit, you're not going to have that opportunity again. It's done. It's permanent. And I'm just throwing it out there. Girls, they took your dignity. God gonna take the errors from them. He's gonna break them down to nothing. Take them so low they gonna have nowhere to fucking go. They took your strength. God will will make them weak. Weak in ways they didn't know a human could be weak. Okay. God will curse them that they will not know true joy. Again, no matter how they look from the outside, with their fake relationships running them poles, whatever the fuck people want to do to try to act like they got it together. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. Nope. No, 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 no. They will not have a solid life because happiness and peace is a gift of God. 
as Solomon said it to, to enjoy the fruit of your labors and the wife of your youth and your children, your significant others, God has to bless you with peace. God can also, as the old folks used to say, blow on your blessings and take them away from you and take peace and joy away from you. And it says in another scripture, the Lord can make it that you can eat and never be full. In other words, the Lord can make it so no matter how long you want to stay on that hamster wheel and just have all this activity, God can make it so you never experience pleasure again, that you never have fucking joy. The people who have hurt us will experience what reaching for something that's constantly out of reach is life. Oh, God is going to make them suffer. This is the same God who took the heat out of the fire when he appeared to Moses in the burning bush. And when the Hebrew boys were thrown into the fiery furnace, he took the heat out of that fire too. God can take the wet out of water and the wind out of fucking air if he so decides. These pelly little things that these little boys cater their energy into are quite easy for the Lord to strike down should he so decide. And according to their ways is what will be repaid to them. It is so and it is done. The little fake relationships that they go out there and set up are going to be rife with arguments, contention, struggle, and strife. The sex that they call themselves having is going to be rife with disease, both spiritual and physical, bitch. <laughs> there are worse things you could contract from somebody than an STD. When you get into the metaphysical range, there are worse fucking things. Long after that STD is gone, you feel they going to have confusion. They're going to doubt themselves even more. Their insecurities are going to be intensified. And then they're going to have guilt laying on top of guilt because they know that the shit they've done to you was wrong. But their pride won't let them apologize and, and truly do what they need to do. <laughs> I guess you could say to make it right. But again, Queens, we don't give a fuck about that. We don't need nobody to make nothing right. We're good now. Debt. <laughs> It's shit that they need to do to get peace in their life because they ain't got none because the Lord has not allowed it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and all the, all the fake things that they go out there and do, the Lord is going to turn it against them. All the, all the sex that they try to call themselves having, the Lord ain't even going to let them enjoy it because the Lord is going to make them only think about you, <laughs> the person that they left. Because they know they didn't do right. It's a terrible thing when you're having sex with somebody and they mind on another person. But really, you don't know where the fuck somebody's mind is. Because most of y'all don't really stop to have conversations about these sort of things. You just hop in bed with people and don't give a fuck. But it's a terrible thing. Like I said earlier, when you're with somebody who's not your first choice. <laughs> and, and people with when people have fucked shit up with a, with a strong queen, they ain't gonna find one. <laughs> not... Maybe if they clear their karma up and stop being hoes and stop fucking people over. Mm. But most of them don't do that. Most of them just settle for like for less than what they can get rather than being strong enough and man enough to face their problems, their pains and their and their consequences. <laughs> but. But don't worry about it, because when we move forward, we're going to have a clear conscience with our kings. And when we're with our kings, we're going to be with our kings and not worrying about him. He's going to always have to think about the one that fucking got away. And you'll hear males say songs about this. You know, I mean, there's so many of them that dudes have made. Yeah, I mean, baby, I will wait for you. That one fine-ass dude, shit. He said, if you're hearing this, I can't think of his fucking name right now. All those songs are about some dude longing for some girl who he had, who he fucked it up with, and now she gone. 
Again, boys, the Lord is warning you. It's not just music. Pay attention. You didn't have to have this shit happen to you. And sex, like I said, means nothing to these people. What, what we all want is a valuable person to stand with us. Sex can be done a million ways from Sunday. Okay, that's not it. What you want is a true fucking companion. That's what you're really fucking after. And, and but, but, you know, what the fuck can I say? What the fuck do I really know? And these lovers and shit that they have, and I use that word loosely, the, the Bible talks about how the Lord would gather what Babylon and like lovers and whoredoms all together in like the same bed and destroy them all together. The Lord will make like lovers turn it. People who just like, like to have sex with each other and have shallow ass relationships, like turn against each other. Why? There was no true loyalty there to begin with. And all he's doing is bringing up out of people what was really there. They never liked each other. They were all just using each other as a means to an end. And they may have taken each other out on dates and had date nights and cuddled in bed. That don't mean that them people liked each other. As it says in the book of Proverbs, if a ruler, and I wasn't going to talk about this till the next show, but I'm going to say it now. If a ruler invites you over and you're a man given the appetite to put a knife to your throat and to watch what you do, he's, he's prepared a whole feast and he's inviting you to come in there and eat. But the Lord says to trust him not because there are seven abominations in his heart. It takes a lot less effort to take your clothes off and have sex with somebody than it does to make them a whole feast. The people who will bone you down right now wouldn't put, wouldn't buy you a fucking happy meal, much less make you a whole feast. <laughs> okay. And the Lord is telling you, no matter what efforts people put, the dating and all of this shit is platitudes, it's fake. And the Lord says, do not gather yourself with people who don't love you in the heart. If their intentions are not right, the Lord has cautioned you to get the fuck away from people. And this cannot be judged by the things that they do. You've got to learn how to really analyze and get into people's intentions and talk to them and work it out and shit don't balance out. The words that leave their lips don't mean how they sound. Thank you, Sullivan King, for that lyric. You know, you know, what is the, you know, he said seven abominations in that person, in that ruler's heart, you know, you know, seven, seven is perfect number. They say it's God's perfect number. It's a spiritually perfectly balanced number. That means that person hates you with perfect hatred. I mean, there, there's no part of you that they like. They hate you with. Or the devil is alive. I'm going to get this, get this message out. That means seven abominations in somebody's heart means they hate you with perfect hatred. <laughs> seven abominations mean they hate your ass with perfect fucking, fucking hatred. And you have people in this world like that. So let them be gathered with these lovers, <laughs> whatever they want to call them. And all they've done is taken enemies into them. <laughs> Don't leave them people alone. And I'll use the word lovers loosely because most people just have sex for the lust of it all. Okay, to fill a void so they're not lonely. They don't actually give a damn who it is. It could be a completely different person. Rinse, wash, repeat, different face, whatever. <laughs> so when these people try to sleep, their sleep is going to be taken from them. There's a scripture that says that the Lord will send a wicked messenger against them. Oh, yes, y'all might want to read your Bibles and learn the different natures and aspects of God. He's not just some big fluffy dude sitting in the sky for you to get shit from. You piss him off, he got ways that he will wreck the situation and again none can deliver out of his hands and who can stand in his presence when once he is angry <laughs> we better learn how to worship god and to bow at his feet and to pay his pay him his tribute and his just dues 
as best we can as being the lowly humans that we are. <laughs> Bitch, when they try to stay one step forward, they're going to they be knocked 10 steps backwards. <laughs> okay. Again, it's not how you look from the outside. It is not for us to decide the timetable, a day, a week, a month, a year, 10 years. But the most thing that you need to know, if it gives you any comfort, and there are scriptures that talk about the Lord taking vengeance against people and it comforting those of us who have been made to mourn by these people. This is different than laughing at their calamity, but rather taking comfort in the fact that the Lord has seen what they did to us and made it right. They had a chance to make it right, but they didn't do that. And so God had to fly down here and do it himself. It is the way. As they say in fucking Star Wars, I love that shit. When the Mandalorians being there cutting up and shit from from Baby Yoda and all of the motherfucking people and the Mandalorian queen, she just be like, they be talking all that fucking noise. She, when she's had enough, she's like, bitch, it is the way. <laughs> and they shut, they, they, they shut what she liked to call the fuck up. And they set what she liked to call the fuck down and get and fall their asses in line. <laughs> bitch, it is the way. Don't nobody question that motherfucker. I mean, yes, bitch. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> now, that's what I call true fucking power. That bitch is a true fucking queen. And uh, shout out to you, girl. <laughs> and God is going to tear that motherfucker down both internally and externally. But even if it seems like they're prospering externally, go to Psalm 37. And read about the path of wicked people and liars and transgressors and people who don't know God and stray from the light. Go to Psalm 37 and read about their end. It don't matter now. It's about how you end. What sense does it make to go through life and devour people and never know your truth and then have a bitter end? No, some of the males from my past. Yeah, I've never seen one of them have a pleasant death. Or have peace in life. They get like fucked up health and shit starts deteriorating on them and they look terrible. And uh-uh. You see, Queens, bitch, we still be glistening and glimmering and shit. And they mm, I don't know. <laughs> look, karma's a bitch. They say, hmm. I don't ever see it go well for them. But I'm like, okay, where are all your hoes now? Where's all the sex now? Where is it at now? This can't sustain you. <laughs> Where, 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 are you, where are you or your lovers at now? Over there somewhere talking about your ass. And just be careful. You know, joy is internal, what we're talking about. If you're miserable, whoever you are, like I said in the other show, don't think you're going to get this new lover is going to make you happy. You're going to get this new house or this new toy or this, or you're going to travel to this place. If you travel somewhere miserable, wait a minute. If you're going there with the intention of healing, that's different. But if it's like an escapism thing, different. Different, different, different. But say you, if you go get a new house, you're just going to be miserable in that house. If you go get a new car, you're just going to be miserable driving the new car. Now, you're going to be happy for a minute, but eventually that's going to fade and you're going to need a new something else to distract you. It's the same concept that people do when they have empty sex. If something's going to give you an emotional, physical, sensational thrill for a moment, it will fade quickly and then you need something else to take its place. See what I'm saying? 
if you go out and get a new sex buddy, you just going to mix your misery with theirs. And then both of y'all just going to have even worse energy than you had at the first. <laughs> so it's like I said, you don't really know what's happening when you climax, but I'm going to teach all about that in, in a blog that I'm getting ready to write. You don't really know what you're doing, the way you're opening yourself up like a portal. And you know, the Bible says, as the Lord says in the Bible, it benefits us to be flexible, to be willing to adjust. If stubborn people are going to stay in their ways, they will ultimately destroy themselves. God is the only unchangeable one. He says he is a God. He changes not. <laughs> okay. And other than that, the rest of us need to be fucking about the business of evolving and changing. Some people seem to take pride in being set in their ways. They're like, this is just what we do. And it's how we want. It's the way we've always been. Okay. I have made a point of distancing myself from people who are not mutable, who won't change. And it seems like they're quite comfortable talking about the same old shit. Doing the same old thing, same old habits, same old play. Oh, girl, yawn. Ooh. But yawn, yawn, that shit oof, makes me sleepy. <laughs> me wake myself back up. Every living thing has to evolve and change. Otherwise, that's called being dead. Let fear go. As they say in The Witcher, I believe it was in The Witcher that I was watching. What has been need not always be. What has been need not always be. That statement is so freeing. I believe I'll say it again. What has been need not always be. Mm. I believe I'll say it one more time. What has been need not always be. This speaks to you all who hang on to relationships, abuse, and all kinds of shit out of habit. It's like you want to hold on to that relationship because it's always been there. We've always been together. You've always been a part of my family, blood family, or you've always been whatever. Fuck all that. And people change. Your ass might not change, but clearly they change or something changed. Otherwise, you wouldn't be having the problems you're having. Okay. What has been need that always be? You must evolve and change and be willing too, even if it's regrettably and sadly so, let motherfuckers go or you're going to be held back. Period. The only person you need to be concerned with staying with is God, who is the same and will not change. His words are true and faithful when other people's are not. You better get close to him and stick with him and everybody else to some degree is negotiable unless they're your child. But even if those motherfuckers act up too much, then there's a way to distance yourself from them if they just refuse to fucking listen. Because we can't let nobody take us down. <laughs> okay? There must be balance in all things. God is the only one you have to have. Everybody else need to get their asses in line. Respect you. Treat you right. Tell the truth. Their ass is going to get gone. Then <laughs> that's all the fuck there is to it. Go pick you... one of these other like nine billion fucking people in the world or some shit like that you know to start to see and analyze and see if they're gonna fit in your life you know we meet people be they friends lovers or whatever and there's that spark that attraction great that don't mean shit we have to talk to them and work with them for some time before we go get naked with them or you know and all of this you know and see if they're gonna fit it's like if you're finding a shirt in the store okay you're drawn to it there's that initial spark of excitement. Oh, this looks good. But then sometimes you go to fit it on or you put on like, that's not what I thought it was going to be. This won't do. 
Mm-mm. But unfortunately, what we do too many times is go, this doesn't really fit. But let me see if I can force this shit to fit. Maybe if I do this and take this button off, maybe I can make this shit. No, bitch. Go find you a natural fucking fit. <laughs> that way God can bless you and you can have fluid peace in your life like you were meant to. You see, as the saying goes, good is the enemy of the best. Good is the enemy of best. Settling for some shit that's not the, the actual best that you could have will fuck with you because in your heart, you know you could have done better and you were meant to have more. And you know that you were meant to have more than what you're doing. And what do you were meant to do more than just for yourself? But what about for other people? You sacrificed a higher level of existence over finding a comfortable groove to fit in and parking in it. No, ma'am, <laughs> you're not just living for you. You're living for your higher purpose, which you don't know what it is as you haven't labored before the Lord to ask. There are people 60, 70 years old. I could ask them, what is your purpose? They're like, I don't know. Oh, goddamn. Not that it's relegated to a certain time, but I'm going to need a little bit something more than I don't know. <laughs> Or, you know, or a plan, something. <laughs> but you're not just fucking up shit for you, but there are other people who needed your help. And your lack of evolution <laughs> is taking help from other people that, that needed you. They still gonna get their help because as the Lord said, if his children don't cry out, he will raise up rocks to cry out for him. The Lord, or like Mordecai warned Esther, Queen Esther, when she was going before... The king in Babylon, you know, he's like, don't think this trouble not going to come to you. You know, if you don't cry out, then the Lord will raise up deliverance for the Jews from some other place. And then there's going to be wrath upon you. Okay. It, you know, it don't matter. The person going to get help from one place or the other, but it should have been you. Okay. Let me circle back to... To, to the core like a, of, of a theme of oppression here though all of this is talking about oppression a lot of this is a self-imposed cage i thought about drugs and when i was like a, and being a drug dealer there's a there's a saying that goes the streets be calling <laughs> the streets be calling and especially at night there's something about us it's like if we're fighting addictions like drug addiction the alcohol i guess sex addiction too i don't fucking know never been a sex addict to speak of and it's like you have strength to fight that shit during the day or before you start drinking and then if either being have tipsy wears down your inhibitions or just the natural degradation that comes upon all of us during the day we just get worn down from battling energies throughout the day going to work coming and going moving about it's like you, like the defenses are lower, you know, you know, and I was struggling to, to, to get the grip on drugs. Like I'd be fine during the day at night. It seemed like I would feel weaker and more susceptible, you know, so you just watch that, you know, as the night comes in, as Pink said it in one of her songs, the night is falling and it whispers to me softly, come and play. And if she lets her, and if she lets herself go, she's the only one to blame. But, but just be careful. It's a very strategic thing, you know, that Lucifer has done with that. And the devil is not random. Why attack somebody when they're fully alert and strong? Some people are just weak from the moment they wake up to the moment they go to bed. But some people who are fighting that shit will find that they are stronger than morning they are at night. But the devil and all of your enemies are calculated. 
and they're patient and the devil is older than you and he's wiser than you cannot outsmart him. That is why it's very foolish of people to, to, to play with darkness. Okay. I'm going to leave it at that. You know, all the different ways y'all play with darkness It's foolish of you to do because the devil is always going to beat you at the end. But, but, but there, but the devil is very patient and your enemies are very patient in their pursuit of you. Like the people I mentioned earlier who marry people without ever loving them 20 years later, got them trapped with kids and shit like that. These people have a long game, long fucking game. And so does Satan as a drug dealer and dealing drugs. And being a drug dealer is an addiction in and of itself. You get addicted to the power that you have over people and the quick money. It's it, it you or you are in oppression because you could go and make money elsewhere. It would take you longer to get it, but it, it would be more sustainable revenue. Drug money is quick money, but it's fast money. Okay. It was not made with the right intentions. I'll say it like that. Yeah, you do have people who get in the game who say they want to make XYZ amount of money and they fucking get out and then they go and invest that money. I'm not suggesting for you to go do that because the more likely your ass is going to get dead or caught up and taken to jail. <laughs> but that's different. That's very fucking rare. Most people get caught up in the hoopla of it all and, and then and they don't actually leave. That's why they're saying the streets be calling. Okay, then some people you might think went and made money and then went and built an empire. They might tell you they're not in the game. That don't mean that they're not funding current drug dealers and suppliers. I'm not saying no names or who, but I'm saying the streets be calling in different fucking ways. <laughs> okay? He didn't have the near let him hear. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Speaking of patient enemies, I'm going to throw this out there. I don't really going to talk about too much of this till the next show. But I think about how women in times past, I think they used to do things like grind up glass. I can't remember if this was the slaves doing this as the slave masters or where, or maybe just some, some bitch I came across who had some duties that fucked her up and she has had enough. They used to grind up glass, very, very fine fucking glass, and put this in peep in the food of these dudes. And eventually, over time, it'll kill them because it'll fuck their stomach lining because you can't digest fucking glass and shit. You know, and probably they'll throw a dash of witchcraft in there too. There's shit people can put in your food as witchcraft that can give you diseases. There was this woman who Evangelist Nelson helped who had got cancer. It was a natural cancer. Somebody did not like her. She had a lot of fucking money and she let people get close to her and somebody hated her and despised her to include her children and didn't like her either. And they got close to her and she was super nice, super empathetic, super patient, super caring, super second chance giving, super forgiving and Total fucking clean, but just weak for the people around her. And somebody fed her something and gave her cancer. And the doctor spent so much money and they just couldn't get rid of it. Evangelist Nelson saw through the spirit that they had fed her that fucking disease. And she was able to break that from off of her. <laughs> I wonder, and this is a patient long game here for somebody to feed you finally ground glass and i don't know that witchcraft that cancer is given her in one dose or several but it's still a patient thing to invite people over to dinner 
and to know you're tr- you're about to give them cancer intentionally. <laughs> I wonder how many of y'all can trust the food that's prepared for you. My nurse, my my physician assistant, the way she looks at it, she's like, every time you go out to eat, you really take your life into your hands. And some of y'all can't cook for shit. <laughs> you know, you think fucking Raising Cane's and McDonald's and Chick-fil-A and Arby's is food. Okay. And, but I want to you can really trust the people you call friends and lovers to cook your damn meal and to absolutely unequivocally say that they're not putting anything in there that can harm you. Because there's poisons and things out there that's not going to take immediate effect. Somebody could be giving you shit that has a lagging effect that it'll be months and years before that shit shows up. <laughs> can you really trust the food people are feeding you? Do you? Can you? Would you bet everything in your bank account in your very life that that person cooking for you or making that plate while you in the other room didn't put nothing in there? I'm not trying to make you paranoid, but you need to understand that you got all kinds of people in this world. And if you have anything... If our people perceive you to have anything, money, house, a car, a job, you have enemies, bitch. Stop being stupid and think you don't. And again, they will slip right up next to you, pretend to be your friend, get naked with you and shit and be plotting your fucking demise. I'm going to tell you one damn thing. <laughs> That's another worry that these little boys will have who fucked over the good thing they have with, had with queens. Queens like us, bitch, we never would have done anything to hurt them. That, that's another thing that woman said from Tyler Perry's movie, Diary of a Mad Black Woman, after his side piece wiped his bank account out and left. It, it, it told them to fucking kill him when he was in the hospital because she just wanted to take his money. She took the dick from him too, but she really was there for the money. And uh, I mean, I couldn't have, I mean, this is a great fucking illustration that he did with that. And then when she read him for filth, she was like, I never would have hurt you. I never would have done this. <laughs> we never would have fucking hurt the men that were in our lives. And they le- fucked it up with us. And they, and they left because they, they wanted to go run around with trash who would slice their throats and they fucking sleep. <laughs> if it benefited them somehow. <laughs> okay. But can you really trust the person you would who won't do something to you in your sleep? I'm going to talk about all that shit in the next show. The things... The people you think that you were, these little lovers you went and found out and got, or wherever the fuck you got them from, the things that they might get up and do in the fucking middle of the night. And some of y'all sleep so damn heavy that it takes a lot to wake you up. Or they can do all kinds of shit, have people in and out of your house and shit, and you don't know, bitch. <laughs> he that has an ear, let him hear. But I'm going into detail about that. You got some ratchet, trifling, low-down people, but some people deserve to have that shit done to them for the things that they have done. <laughs> They've never made it right. Never apologized. Again, we're not waiting. But the karma has to be in place. It, every, every, everything will balance itself out in this universe. It will balance itself out. So if somebody does something terrible, there will be a balancing act. Period. Period. Same. Um, I know for me, at this point in my life, with as low as this world has gotten and trifling as people have become and as lowly energetic as people don't seem to mind being, <laughs> if I can't pray and meditate with you and if I can't trust you to cook for me unequivocally, we're not dating. Or we're not, you're not sleeping with me because the most vulnerable thing I can do is to get naked for somebody and to 
have that great exchange. That is the epitome of intimacy and trust. It makes no sense if I'm going to trust you to sleep with you, but I can't pray and meditate and you can't cook for me and I can't share everything else with you because this is the best thing I've got in my fucking body. I'm going to get one of these. This is not altered carbon where you can just slip into a new body. This is not some fucking game where you can just put a new skin on, bitch. This is it. One and done right here. <laughs> this is the most sacred thing that I have in terms of physicality. Okay. The most special part of me is inside, but in terms of physicality, it's not my clothes, it's not my money. It's this. It's my body. I'd be careful what I do with it and who I allow in it or around it or near it. But if you're not trying to be vulnerable and pray, and if I can't, if I don't think you can cook with me, you will not be having no kind of sex. Queen, we'd have a real king beside us, not some little dick slinging boy. Kick them to the curb and scooch them right the fuck on out the way. They're banished, be gone. Again, trick no good, trick no good, trick no good. <laughs> I want to talk about, about, talk to you about these terrible jobs that you have. <laughs> Bad fucking jobs. The last job I had uh, was service industry, working in bars, restaurants, that sort of shit. That shit is oppressive as fuck because you're under the oppression of every insecure ass bitch that comes into the restaurant, you know, to order some shit. And I, I even worked at like PF Chang's for a while. Now, this shit is just evil. The most expensive thing on the menu, like 30 fucking dollars. I mean, if you don't bother to be in the service industry, get the most expensive restaurant in town and don't even fucking bother. You had people coming there trying to be divas and act like they was spending some real fucking money when you have a table of four people and the total ticket is like $50. Girl, bye. Just being around that sort of energy as a server is terrible. It's too much insecurity and in the service industry is rife with stress and chaos and bitterness and backbiting and envy and rage. I don't want that shit being poured into my food. Very rarely, rarely will you find me eating out some damn where. I'll be in my kitchen stirring up something awesome because a bitch can not only grow her own food, but she can cook like a motherfucker. Okay, bitch, I slay in the kitchen. And that's just the way it fucking goes. And... Ooh, I know y'all girls felt me on that one. Oh, we can cook, but we not gonna cook for nobody who don't deserve it no more. That motherfucker's got to be worthy or put your fucking mittens up, bitch. Done. And but the service industry is just totally fucking oppressive. I'm sitting there serving table. This woman comes in there. Yeah, she was white. Total fucking Karen. Her little boy, little spoiled kid. She carried herself like she had money, but you never fucking know. The bitch could have been broke as hell and just had that one good dress left <laughs> perpetrating. People will do this now. She carried herself like she knew something or two about Benjamin. And uh, that kid who fucked up the whole damn table and floor, all kinds of liquid spilled, and I'm down there cleaning it up. She didn't bother to help like other people would have done. She didn't apologize. She's probably a narcissistic cunt. And and she just said, oh, I'm down here on my knees groveling and cleaning up, trying to hustle for some change. And some people, no matter how good you serve, they only going to do 20%. Done. If that. And she just said, look, the little boy, she's like, don't cry. Don't cry. The man will clean it up. She probably wanted to say the nigger will clean it up for you. She, she <laughs> minced her words. 
But <laughs> I, I certainly get racist, you know, looking back on it, I certainly get racist vibes from that bitch. And basically, not only is she ruining that child's character, but she's, she's creating the world's next narcissist, <laughs> you know, by telling him shit like that. But, but that wasn't good for me. It was good for me to sow positive seeds in the future for being humble and allowing myself to be abused like that by that woman. But that is still oppression because then I felt like I had to go back the next day and do it again, even though I fucking hated it. It is a good blessing in your life if you can get to the point where your job that you do, you fucking love. <laughs> that you fucking love. Okay, that is a good fucking life. And then what happens in the service industry is you get this service industry worker dynamic against the customers. It's time to open the door. The openers are there. The people are hovering outside. The people who work at the restaurant don't usually, the ones that I've worked at, don't usually say things like, yay, here comes our beautiful customers. It's going to be a great day. These people are bringing us their money. They come up there salty and bitter. The workers come up there salty and bitter as fuck. They're like, fuck, these motherfuckers are here already and just talking shit. And then they go out to the table, put the mask on. Hey, how are you? Welcome to wherever. You know, what can I get you? Et cetera, et cetera. There becomes this us against them dynamic between the front of the house, the back of the house, the cooks, the runners. There's this chaos that, that, that ensues, you know, in restaurants. And I am so thankful that I am not working in restaurants anymore. I'm thank God in heaven for closing those fucking doors, you know, onto me because I don't need to be around that bitterness. The service industry is bitter, especially, especially in the United States where they still have the fucking tipping system that most countries don't even fool with anymore. And so for the advantage of the United States, it falls woefully short of advancement. It seemed like it really, hadn't really got that far sometimes when I really look at it from a certain angle. And... I think about massage therapy. In the massage therapy field, their oppression there is that you go to school, learn to go through the hard fucking long yard of learning the anatomy and shit, which is so fucking not easy. And there are those who do not make it through massage therapy school. The percentage is not that high. And now you're at some tragic ass place like Massage Envy. Massage Envy can go rotten hell. And they are the laughing stock of the massage therapy industry just because of the way they treat people. They don't pay people shit. You know, and, and in other salons, spas and shit like that ain't no damn better. They can go piss off. And uh, because you got, you go in there and pay $100 for a fucking overpriced massage, the massage therapist might get like $18 of that. You know, plus whatever the tip is. That's what the Lord would call ushery. We would call it highway fucking robbery, abuse, oppression. Nobody likes that. Nobody who knows a massage costs one, two, three hundred dollars. You got paid only 20, 30. The profit margin of some of these spa owners is just insulting the way that they run these massage therapists. Fuck them with both of my middle fingers right up the ass with no lube and a porcupine fucking dildo 
and some Tabasco sauce and some cayenne fucking pepper and jalapenos and shit too, bitch. Fuck you thoroughly in no good way, you know, for abusing massage therapists like this. But the oppression of it all is that they go back every day hating their fucking life. That is fucking oppression. Oppression is when you know you're being pressed, but you negotiated in your mind to stay anyway. That what you're hurting yourself really in the long term because you're creating neural pathways in your brain that's making you comfortable with the oppression, be it in a relationship, be it in some abusive ass friend, be it you letting your child disrespect you. You're training yourself that this is okay when bitch, it is not okay at fucking all. Y'all better stop working for these people and open your own damn business. Massage therapy is a medical practice before it's anything else. Before it's a fluffy spa service and shit like that. Fuck Karen and go work on people who need some body work done, bitch. As a massage therapist, I did a, ma I did a maximum of four massages a day. In those spas, they be having them people doing like eight fucking massages a day. They don't have no fucking hands left. Carpaternal syndrome and shit. You don't see the shit. They got to soak their hands in, in ice and shit in between massages. All because the damn spa owner, who's probably even not a licensed massage therapist, can sit there and rake in the dough. Ooh, I'm just going to say it like this. These things ought not to be so. I'm going to say it like this. These, these things are not to be so. That's what you call pimping somebody the fuck out. Stop. You know, people stay there because of fear. People stay in relationships that are abusive because of the fear of the unknown. You won't grow unless you have an unknown path in front of you. That's what the fuck growth is. When a seed is put in the ground and germinated and it sprouts up, that seed's only ever been a seed. When it's making its way up through the dirt, all it's ever seen is dirt. It does not know what it's like to be in sunlight with all of the, the bugs flying around. And the threats that come along with that, too, it is an unknown path as a seed is growing up and as a vine is stretching across the yard or up the fence. But that is growth. Growth means fear, I mean, that growth means treading an unknown path. And if you have to do it with fear, then bitch, do it afraid, but you must do it. Staying in the dirt is unacceptable. That's not an option. Y'all have gotten comfortable enough with oppression and dirt, and you've learned how to circumnavigate that shit and work with it, and you know how it works, but God did not mean for you to stay down there in that dirt, bitch. You better sprout. And you better get out there and take the risk that come along with it, and if you get cut down, bitch, sprout another vine and go another way. Okay? <laughs> Which is what, what it's interesting. You tell me you can learn so much from gardening. Vines grow one vine and eat that vine will sprout many other vines off of it. It's quite intriguing, you know, the way nature goes about. But if you have fear, you know, usually they say over something you care about, fear of losing a person, fear. There's very few benefits of fear, but the main thing is that there has to be, there is some, there's some sort of love in there somewhere. Because when you just don't give a fuck, then you just don't give a fuck. And that's when you really in danger. Like if you have no conscious or just devoid of feeling any emotion, you just don't, there's just nothing there. <laughs> that's when your zombification is probably at 100% or near 100%. And you just, you're getting kind of lost to us, <laughs> you know. When you just don't feel anything anymore. Like, uh-uh. Mm-mm. So fear, as terrible as it might be, still means that you're alive and that you're human. <laughs> so turn to that fear and learn from it rather than running from it.
and then get that motherfucker under your motherfucking feet and train that fear to serve you. Alchematize that shit and turn it into something you can use. We must stop running from our shadow. Turn to our shadow, whatever the fuck is in that shadow, and hear it speak. Learn. Don't do what it says, but learn. Why is it there? Where did it come from? At some point, that fear and that shadow, at some point, maybe you negotiated a way for that to use it as a protective mechanism. Who knows? But if you keep running, it won't do. Um, start your own business, massage therapist. You're fearing, thinking that you won't have clients. Yes, you will. Like I said, I saw no more than four people a day. It took two months to get in to see me. Yeah, I am a natural gifted healer. However, in the Sagittarian energy too is also very healing. If I so desire, I can walk into a room and lift everybody's spirit, you know, by the nature of my character and personality alone. But there are reasons why I can make that happen. But you shouldn't be a massage therapist if you're not a healer in the first damn place. But it is not something that's just supposed to be monetary. It's an ancient art. It's a sacred art, in my opinion. And it's something that is not to be trifled with just so Karen can come feel all frou-frou at the country club or whatever. Fuck her. <laughs> you know. Yeah, that's why when you go to some of these spas, they give you these little weak-ass massages that are grossly overpriced. And people ain't no damn healers. <laughs> they just bitches looking for some motherfucking clout and some damn money. Those are not massage therapists. Not real. <laughs> you know, they just fuck them. But for those of you who are healers, bitch, open your own practice. What I did was I went on Groupon and I started a Groupon and I only let people come one time from Groupon. After that, then you have to pay my price, which was like $60 an hour. And everything was included, be it cupping, hot stones, essential oil, aromatherapy, champagne, Keller One, you know, all of that heated table. Why? Because I understood that if I do more than what other people are doing in town and charge less, this is the only time that competition can be healthy in comparing is when you have an established licensed business, not person to person, but in free enterprise is different. Because I knew being a new therapist who was bold enough to never work for another bitch. I went straight from massage therapy school to opening my own massage and wellness. And we did well. I charge less. I provided more. People flocked to me. It was just that damn simple. But you can't be hung up on this. Well, I'm not going to charge less than what I'm worth. And although fuck all that bitch, you need to eat. And you brand new and don't no damn body know you. So what you need to do is lower your fucking prices, <laughs> okay? I charge no more than 60 damn dollars an hour, a dollar a minute. They were a veteran or a first responder, 10% off, so 54. But bitch, if somebody came to me like, D, I ain't got but $20, I wouldn't have turned them away because God was just going to pay me back for that later. And I understand I'm doing this as a healer. It's not about the money, okay? So, so I started a Groupon. I only let them come once. And maybe two people had a problem with that because people have been spoiled by Groupon and just being cheap and thinking they should never pay full price for anything. I told them to suck my dick and to go fuck off, fuck themselves. <laughs> okay, you ever, you ever have something that's priced so fucking low and you got some cheap ass bitch who have the balls and the motherfucking goddamn audacity to try to get the price even lower and it's already on the flow? Mm -mm. 
No, we're not having that. I cast those people out. Don't insult me. I understand that I have a low price and I'm doing a hell of a lot for you for that price. Cupping in and of itself, $100. I've included this. 90-minute massage, 90. I've included this. Shit should be three, $400 for what I let people have. And the bitch is going to ask for a discount. Ooh. I'm going to say I did what I did. <laughs> I'm nice until I'm not nice anymore. <laughs> Just like God, I'm going to be nice. But if you piss me off and turn me into that other person, ain't no going back from that with me. I like you until I don't fuck with you no more. Than I don't, who? I don't, I don't forgot they exist. I don't even know what you're talking about. Who? No. But y'all open your own business. Start you some sort of Groupon or whatever is the current thing now. Get people in on an introductory deal. Do more than what others are doing. Charge less. Because you, did I reason if I would have worked, worked, went to work at Massage Envy who came to my school trying to recruit me and other people and I'd extended the middle finger to them. I was like, no, I, I extended both and my pe and my fucking middle fingers and my toe too. The energy is not right in that place. And And I reason why if I'm going to go over here and make $18 a massage, if I work for a spa in town that might pay 30%, do a 30-70 split where the house keeps 70 and I keep 30%, damn, $60 an hour is pretty fucking awesome. I made more in four massages a day, charging less than other people than they would make at Massage Envy or some spa in town doing eight massages a day making $18 a person. You see, and they still tipped me with the $60 because they were thinking, fuck, this is a sweet deal. It's only 60 bucks with all this. Hell yeah. So, and you don't pay any more for the hot stones. This is why I don't charge for cupping and hot stone. That's a one-time fee. You don't pay for that again. Why the fuck would I charge you more money for hot stones? And all I got to do is wash the stones when I'm through with you. Why the fuck would I charge you more money for cupping when all I got to do is wash the cupping when I'm through with you? Now, this is not going to be popular with bitches out there who like to charge me for this shit, but you can kiss my ass because I fear God. I don't fear you. And, uh, and what you're doing is ushery. You're charging people for shit that you should not be charging them for. And you're taking advantage of people's pain. They are in the state of discomfort and they want to feel better. And just because you know, that doesn't mean you have the right to rake people over the coals and take them to the cleaners. I hate that about the medical field. You look at a fucking medical bill. Like when I was in the mental hospital, like $10,000 fucking dollars for an eight-day stay? Who y'all gonna go to hell? And burn up, bitch. That's all I have to say. <laughs> mm -mm. Hell no. I, I fear God. He's looking at what I do and what I charge people. I am not about to charge people for some shit that costs me nothing. The aromatherapy cost me too, but I was like, that's negligible. A few drops out of a fucking bottle shouldn't be a 5 or $15 upcharge. No. These things, children, are not to be so. That is a form of just like lying and dishonesty and I didn't do it. And I was repaid marvelously in my business as people took good care of me with the tipping. They kept the books full. They referred people because they saw my heart was pure and that they know they go to these spas. Nobody is giving out free hot or includes, included hot stone therapy, hot stone therapy and shit in a massage. I think I'm the only person in town doing that. You have got to find a way to stand out from the crowd if you're going to get ahead in this life. Being like the crowd is not going to serve you. It just will not because everybody's yawned, done all of that before. And people are looking for relief. 
They're looking to spend less money. So yeah, I was the only person saying we should not charge for hot stone therapy and cupping. And I still say that to this fucking day. Options. I want to talk about the word options. Options, options, options. Options, I think, are another subtle and covert form of oppression. Now, why would I say that? Most people use the word options in terms of interpersonal relationships to refer to people who they have some sort of sexual attraction to. Most people don't refer to their children as options or their coworkers as options or their pets as options. <laughs> I don't think people should be referred to as options at all. But when it comes to dating, people have a tendency of saying this stupid shit like, I have options. I have plenty of options. I got options. Who the fuck do you think you are by calling one of God's sacred souls a goddamn option? Bitch. <laughs> if a man ever, we wouldn't be a man talking like that. If one of them little boys ever fucking refer to me in such a way, he would have a... <laughs> I'm just going to say I did what I did. I would have done what I'm going to, I'm going to do what I would do. He, he ain't going to be standing before me very long. I can guarantee you that an option, bitch, an option is something that you can do whatever the fuck you want with whenever the hell you want, however the hell you want without too much resistance. If I'm deciding what I'm going to eat and I'm considering between a pear, an apple, a dragon fruit, perhaps those are options. You're at a restaurant looking over a menu, bitch. Those are options. <laughs> you have unfettered access to anything on that menu or all the fruit on the table. Those are options. Nobody can stop you from doing what you want with all of those options. You can afford them. They're well within your reach. They're not going to say no. Those are options. A human is not your fucking option. I don't give a damn. Thinking of people in that way is fucked up and it, and it speaks to the insecurities and the lack of wholeness within you to even to let those words come out of your mouth yet i hear it all the time because what it is is y'all want to have many people you're having sex with and many people you're dating and then you consider them to be options <laughs> i don't like it the shit don't feel right. The very spirit and the core and the heart of that is, is foul intentions. Let me go down this dark road with you all. I'm going to walk down this dark road with you and I'm going to leave your ass there because that, that's where you want to stay. There is a very, 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 very clever and sneaky undertone of comparison at the center of this. That Lucifer has slipped into this. People want power. They want decisions. But you don't have power apart from God. I said it once and twice have I heard this, that power belongs to God. Okay? You have ability and autonomy, but the sort of power that you are getting into here should not be exercised over another soul. It should not be. This is all in this spirit and this air of oppression. And look, oppression is not as overt and obvious as it might seem. But if you really read the Bible, and I mean really read it and study it, the Lord is very against oppression. He hates oppression. 
The whole reason God broke Egypt and Pharaoh was to release the children of Israel from oppression. He cannot stand oppression. The laws that were given were really anti-oppression. God wanted the children of Israel to be different to, than the other people around them because the other people around them did not mind motherfucking oppression. <laughs> you know, God wants us to be free. I want you to be free. But when you talk about referring to another living soul as an option, there's a sneaky undertone of oppression that come, I mean, fuck, it's definitely fucking oppression, but comparison. Okay. Just like if you're deciding if you're going to have an apple or a pear or an orange or whatever's on the menu you're comparing, whatever tastes for tonight, whatever the mood for, but this dish has this, this has that, you're weighing them. Again, humans, you're not an option. We might decide that we don't fucking want you. You know, there, there is a presumption there by referring to people as an option that they're always going to be there or that they have to be there. No, we don't. People are not an, are just not an option. And you get into this comparing because when you have options, you compare them. They'll be like, do I want this girl tonight or that one? Because she has this. Do I want to marry this one? You sitting there thinking like, like the choice is entirely yours. <laughs> you know, like, like the other person doesn't have a say in any of this excuse me <laughs> and people are not to be compared to one another each person exists as a divine person who cannot even be valued because our we are value we are our value is beyond human comprehension in and of our own selves just because we fucking exist of our own merit not merits like we earned it but because god made us the bible says we are fearfully and wonderfully made already so, getting into this comparison shit, and males do this shit all the time. Very rarely, I don't think I've ever heard a girl do this. They'll be like, this sex is the best I've ever had, or this relationship was the best I ever had, or, you know, they're comparing apples and oranges you know they're comparing was was she as good as this was this bottom as good as the other bottom was this you know this is this was this relationship like the last one how about you understand that each person is their own person your dynamic with with me is not going to be the same thing as your dynamic with someone else it's not supposed to be because that's two whole unique spirits coming together to make a uniquely identified like the dna between y'all will be completely different than the dna between you and i because we're not the same fucking people <laughs> if i'm talking to him different dynamic talking to her different dynamic talking to them or other different dynamic it's senseless for me to compare the way i felt or what i did with them to the way i felt or what i did with the other person the way i felt or what i did with them it's dumb it's so dumb and dudes sit around and do this shit all the fucking time trying to see what's the best, who's the best, the best, the best. <laughs> Stop. 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 See, the deeper trick that Lucifer, y'all's good buddy Lucifer, who clearly you don't mind going down this dark path with, who I'm about to step off of it and leave you on with him, they can continue to torture you because clearly you just want to have some more, please. May I have some more, please, please, sir? 
You're like, please, Lucifer, may I have some more torture, more insecurity, more punishment, more pain? <laughs> what, what, what Lucifer is putting in your subconscious, bitch, is that there can always be something better out there because the, the underlying impetus of comparing into thinking that the world is looked at as options is that what's the best option? They're compa them boys be comparing the pussy they've had and the ass they've had and all the sex they've had because in the back of their head is, can there be something else better? <laughs> you know? And so what you've trained yourself is to always be looking for the next best option. Not to mention, those apps y'all like to get on and swipe around in and poke around in have mind fuck you and slip this into your subconscious too. Because as you're swiping, 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 what you're really saying is there better, is there better, is there better? And then y'all have trained yourselves to always be looking for something else, something other than what you've got in front of you right now. <laughs> I'm going to say this again, and I'm not laughing at you, though. I, well, I'm, um, yeah. I'm, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, I'm sorry. I, I'm, uh, I'm sorry. Dude. I, maybe, am I laughing near you? Maybe I'm laughing at the insanity of the situation. Yeah, I'm laughing at the insanity of the situation because some sense, some shit is so fucking fucked that all you can do is laugh after a point. But I'm going to say it again. Not to, those apps have you at a point where you're always looking for something else rather than what you already have. And, 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 and happiness is a state of mind. It's not a state of comparing or having options and ever searching for the next best thing or your next hit, your next dopamine high, or whatever the fuck you want to call it. <laughs> How this fucks you up in relationships is that when you have a perfectly good queen who's already demonstrated her strength, loyalty, and truth, you've got this subconscious tape playing in the back of your head of, I wonder if there's something missing out on out there. Is this really the best? Is there another option I'm missing out on? How much time have I wasted with this queen here? Surely there is better. <laughs> <laughs> It is not until you have left what you already had, you realize that Lucifer has tricked your ass through your greed of always looking at the world through options that you haven't realized that you never needed options. You just needed one fucking thing to work right for you. You don't need options. You need solidness. You need truth, not options, bitch. Like the great singer and songwriter Cheryl Crow said it in her song, I'm going to soak up the sun, bitch, is not having what you want. It's wanting what you got. I'm going to say it again. It's not having what you want. It's wanting what you got. What she's talking about is slowing down enough to really meditate on who and what you already have. Don't keep up with the Joneses. So what if they have a three-story house and yours is fucking 700 square feet? Be happy with what you have. I've already told you happiness is a state of mind, not a state of possessions, not a state of constant activity or activity at all. Happiness is stillness. You can be happy with nothing. Or you can be happy with, or you can be miserable with everything. It's all about your perspective. 
perspective, as they say in John Wick, is everything. It's not having what you want. It's wanting what you've got. Slowing down enough to be patient and to assess the value of what's in front of you. If you're constantly moving and coming and going, you, need, you can't really work with what God has already given you and to, and to really work with it and look at it from different, different angles and stretch it and bend it and try it this way and try that to really get the true use and value out of it, okay? People leave relationships too fast, you know, or because they, because they really didn't try the shit right or they'll, or how can I say, I'm going to say it like this. <laughs> what she's talking about and all these options that people have, it's like these trifling ass dudes who have fucked, fucked it up with us queen. They didn't realize our value when they had us. They didn't want what they had. They wanted everything that they didn't have because they wanted more options. Period. They were a slave to their options. And I always tell y'all options are the illusion of freedom. Options is a, is a fucking jail. They're just a fucking gel. They just are. You know, Madonna said it like this. There are too many options. There is real isolation. There is no consolation. Okay? Their options are not what you think. But they fucked it up with us because they wanted, they, they, they just wanted to keep swiping and see what else and see what else. Don't you know that you can swipe forever and ever and ever and ever and ever and ever and, and, and always have another option? There's billions of fucking people in this world and billions of fucking things that you can do. At some point, you've got to see something and see its value and ride out with that shit. That's called being faithful. That's called loyalty. That's called having character. <laughs> That's called being dedicated and shit. That's one good thing I love about having gone to the military. They taught us some values about... Now, that doesn't mean everybody in the military is an upright standing individual because it's not true. But I learned you know, some core values about integrity, respect, discipline, telling the truth and shit and which I wasn't no fucking liar any damn way but they they told me again just in case I missed this shit growing up so many people and people do this in business too they'll start a business and just because the money's not there they'll quit it too fast you got to slow down and work with shit I almost closed down under apparel twice evangelist Nelson told me through prophecy not to give that business up and I thought about it again. And then the Lord told me himself in a dream not to give it up. And I'm glad I didn't because it, everything changed. I, that, that business was bleeding me money for years at first. And then it started to turn and make money. But I had to suffer and, and spend money out of my own janitor's check that I had making minimum wage as a janitor at the fucking Veterans Affairs Hospital, you know, to pay for that business. But I was not making money. You know, when we took it online, especially in the flea market, we kind of made money, you know, like, you know, but it wasn't expansive enough to really build a life on. And so we had to take it from there. And then it got safe. After, it was not safe for me after a while to remain there, which I've spoken about in previous shows and in my book, in my memoir. But you got to slow down and work with that business first. Baby, don't give it up so fast. Work with it, work with it, work with it. If you got to go out and, and have a side hustle, maybe driving for Lyft or Uber or Shift or something or whatever you have in your, in your locality, you know, don't give that dream of yours up because you tried it for a reason. You wanted to start it for a reason. That, that business is your key out of the hamster wheel away from oppression. 
and away from fucking crazy ass coworkers with negative ass energy and shit. I can't handle it. I'm not going to deal with the workplace narcissist. I'm not going to deal with no fucking narcissist. And uh, nowhere. I banish those bitches. They got to go. And I'm not dealing with nobody's bullshit. That business that you have is your path to this kind of freedom. It may, you may suffer now, but it's going to hurt. But when it heals too, come on, Leona Lewis, it'll all get better in time, bitch. Yeah. Cry your tears on the nights of that business ain't making you money, bitch, because it will in the future. But you got to show God that you mean it. <laughs> okay. Because the rewards are great if you're willing to suffer for it now. I mean, it's not going to be no quick thing. It might be. But if it's not, okay, so the fuck what if Sister Susie started a business and she made money? Overnight, allegedly, you verify a bank account. Sometimes people be taking out loans and lying and saying they have money. And so, and no tea and no shade, but I am not impressed when people who are already rich and celebrities, especially launch businesses that are instant hits. I'm like, okay, by all means, you made money and you did well. It's better to do nothing at all. You created jobs. All of that is great. Celebrate the people who you helped, but you already had millions and you already were well known. So of course your shit was going to sell. That's not the same as somebody who's trying to come up from obscurity with no name and nobody telling them how to file an LLC. Well, who the fuck the secretary of state is and what the hell is this shit you got to file? Nobody tells you that. Every each business, there's not like a roadmap. You got to stumble and fall and crawl before you walk. It is a highly honorable and respectful thing for somebody to go into business for themselves. I fucking commend you. I'll give you the Nancy Pelosi chamber clap, bitch, and take my head off to you and pay you a bow as they do over here in Japan because you are a bad bitch if you can take the leap of faith to start your own business. Okay? I fucking commend you. Let's have tea together sometime, bitch. You my people. But, but yeah, y'all, watch how you refer to people as options. Because really that shit is just feeding your fucking ego. <laughs> There's a lot of ego there. It's like people like to set up on this fucking throne and be like, I'm this fucking king up here, right? I got all these options and shit. <laughs> Y'all ain't no fucking King David. You just not. Because they he may have had 300 wives and however many concubines, but he was paid enough. He had enough character and morality to put God first. And to take care of all of his quote unquote option. Y'all just think an option is something you can stick your dick in when you want. No. <laughs> or even if it's a girl, this is not just dick for you to call over whenever you feel like having it. No, people are not just options to pick up and put down. It, it carries that, that tone of this person's expendable. They're an option. I just, you know, they're an option. This is an option. This is an option. <laughs> <laughs> mm -mm. I just don't. Why? Just, just, just why? I'm a, I'm a dip off of options for a moment and get back on it. I just, since I'm like on the relationship aspect of this, I think about how people with like bodies most of us would consider to be attractive. They go into the club and they leave with people. They go and pick them up a few options for the night. Glory be to God. And, and they use their looks in various ways 
to get ahead in life, but their intentions and their heart ain't really right, ain't right before God. Sometimes the best looking people are the most fucking issues. People of every shape, size, color, and whatever of right with issues. But sometimes the hottest people are the worst ones because they've been exposed to more people, be it sexually or whatever. People tend to like to be around physically attractive people, which makes them exposed to more energies that they are not paying attention to and they're affecting, infecting their souls and they don't even know it. And then people can fool themselves into thinking that people who are physically attractive by whatever their standard is, is safe or it's okay or it'll cause you to lower your guard because you're attracted to this person and they might be the most diseased person you've ever met, be it physically, mentally, spiritually, emotionally, like truly soul-wounded people are hot as hell and sometimes the most damn dangerous. Mm. Fuck. That, that reminds me ugh, of this guy I was told about. So like when you're in jail, right? To somehow people fucking gain access to people who are on the outside and they send letters and shit. And this one guy, and the dudes in jail, I mean, you have fine men everywhere. Like porn has made it look like, like men in prison are just so fucking hot. You have hot people every fucking where you go, depending on what, how you define it. But, but there's a certain connotation that makes prison dudes look like a fetish or whatever. And people are drawn to that. So this fine ass dude is talking to this guy on the outside and he gets out of jail and goes, stays with him. And something happened and he murdered the, the, the guy who was, who was not, who had not been in prison. He was a feminine dude, you know, and everything like that. But the thing is, just because he was physically attracted to him and he was helping him while he was in jail, did not stop him from getting out and butchered him down. And they tell me it was a bloody scene in there. And I'm not going to go no further than that. But you, he let his attraction, his sex drive through this person, blind him to what this person really was you know, unstable. You have a lot of handsome devils and unstable people out there in this world who will have sex with you today and then slice you down tomorrow. <laughs> Don't care. And too many people live in the moment and they're not forecasting the future or not analyzing people's history or paying enough attention to them here and now because they're just swiping for more options and your attention is scattered. You don't know how to truly focus you're not going to make it far in this life without true focus. Bitch, you got to focus. And I think about these nurses that I talk to from time to time who their hearts are just so damn heavy. So they'll see some person. This isn't a straight world here. You know, they'll see some person and they'll be at the clinic who just got HIV or whatever disease or hepatitis or whatever, chlamydia or whatever. And they out at the club, you know, you know, nurses, you know, are just human. They'd be out at the club too, as they should. And they see the same patients that they know just got a fucking disease out at the club, taking people home with them and not telling them they have these diseases and shit. <laughs> I'm just going to leave that there. I'm just going to leave it there. But when it comes to dating, I, again, I just don't remember, be careful how you use the word options. It, this is beckons to your frail sense of self and your need to try to be like 
a king when, bitch, you're not even a king over yourself yet. <laughs> you know, the Lord said you got to learn how to rule yourself. But the Lord said a person can take a whole city and not rule themselves. That means it doesn't matter your outside accomplishments, money, lovers, sexual partners, don't matter. The Lord said you can accomplish great things in this life and lose yourself and not know your own soul. And the Lord said if you don't know you and have good, strong boundaries and characters, then you are like a city broken down without walls. By his assessment, that you don't matter if all your buddies are high-fiving you and all your other sex people are yeah, giving you the thumbs up. If Jesus Christ says you are fucked up, then you are fucked up, and it don't matter what the world says about it. So you better learn to assess yourself by higher standards than what other people are telling you. Because people will keep you down. In other words, you got to get your own voice and you must tailor it after God and not after people. Because you're around a bunch of dumbass people, they're just going to reinforce dumbassness. You need a new point of view to be your guiding light. You need a counter perspective, not the same shit from the same fucking people who are doing the same shit that you're doing. You need something other. Because, baby, you were, y'all were meant for something. What if you were meant for something better? You better believe that you are. You damn sure weren't meant to be the, just the same all the time. You only, you didn't need a bunch of options. You only ever needed one good fucking person. If you could find two or three people, say, to be in a polyamorous relationship, I mean, true, not just an excuse to have sex, but like true love being shared between two or three people, all the better. But if not, you should not be just with one person thinking you're missing out. Okay, I wouldn't be opposed to having two or three different true deep lovers. Shit, I've been thinking about this. I don't really think I have the time. Not with the way my life is going. It would be good to be able to fit one in, which whenever he appears, I will. But, but if you're just with when one person, just make that fucking shit work. You know, that, that's what you need. Just one fucking person. You need a true champion in your corner. It doesn't have to be. You shouldn't feel like you have less than because you don't have more of, you know, whatever. If you just got one, then that's all you're supposed to have. Have what you want. Have, I mean, want what you've got instead of trying to have what you want. It's like Cheryl Crow says, not having what you want, but wanting what you've got. Make it go strong and far with that fucking person. When have you, when you ever heard, you heard of power couples. When have you ever actually heard of a power throuple? Or a power quadruple, or the fuck you call it when people are in a four-way relationship. Two people can get together and make a lot of shit work because you only got two perspectives. The more people you add, then you have more perspectives. And then you, if you don't, if you don't go about that shit the exact right way, you don't have a shaky foundation. As the saying goes, you can have too many fucking cooks, too many chefs, too many cooks in the kitchen, bitch. Okay, so be careful. You want all these options, but are you strengthening yourself or are you really weakening yourself through all of those options? Because a little bit of your strength is going to each of those options. Might it be better for you to have a more concise and targeted and focused approach to your energy and the way you're putting it out there with people, per chance? Hmm? That's the caveat. Y'all want to have all these people you're dating, all these relationships and all these people you're sleeping with. But every time you interact with anybody, a little bit of your energy goes out. Now, have you really strengthened yourself or have you low-key broken yourself and didn't realize what the fuck you were doing? Because you're all doing this and you don't know how to balance energy. You don't know how to read people's energy. And you're just taking anybody who will sleep with you or anybody who will date you or 
You don't know these people. You don't know you. And it's all because you want options. Bitch, you don't need options. You just, first of all, only need it you and you need it your creator. And until you can get to the point where you're happy, you're loving yourself, fuck options. You need to just do you and sort you out. And you might find that you even want fucking options anymore because the thing that was motivating you was insecurity, fear, a fragile sense of self. And it might not have been, it wasn't strength. You know, strong people are happy with what the fuck we have. If uh, more comes along, we'll strategically and patiently make space for it. But it's not about options. Mm-mm. 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 Let's say it like this. Anyone can chase options, but it takes a real man and a real solid individual to find a good thing and stick to it and be faithful to it. That is exceptional. Most, most men are hoes. Salt and Pepper said that when most men are hoes, they are. <laughs> and so, and have been, <laughs> but. But a real man is about his business. And I love it. You don't see it often, but sometimes I will come across a guy who's like, nah, I just want one girl. Mm-mm. He, they be saying shit like he don't want even much to think about somebody else's dick and his girl's pussy and it's just his and his alone, period, blank, done. It's old fashioned at this point, I guess. But that shit is remarkable. You know, when I'm talking to a guy and that's how he, he feels and I'm like, you know what, brother? <laughs> Brother, I don't see that very often, but I'm going to give you the Nancy Pelosi chamber side clap, too, because that shit is, it's cool. It's fucking cool because it's rare. Like, that sort of thinking goes contrary to today's society. Those types of dudes aren't on sex apps. Those types of dudes know how to go out and meet a girl in public and shit like they used to. And those types of dudes understand the value of his queen when he finds her. And you don't want nobody else to touch her. I'm down for some polyamory, some down for some polyamory if I can make time for it. But if if, if my king to come, you know, approaches me <laughs> on that type of shit, just because I can doesn't mean I will, or moreover that I should. I have enough love to give to two or three people at a time. But if my king gets to me and he's like Devanin. This is what's up. That ass is mine. Don't share it. And he can follow that up with intentions and words and consistency. And I feel like I can trust him. Then fuck all this shit I've been saying about. <laughs> One to date a girl and this and that. Oh, well, the king got to me first. And, <laughs> and he said what he said. And I verified him through all of my means. And it's just going to be for him. That works too. <laughs> My power is that I'm flexible and that I understand that it is because I have a lot of love to give. I'm not trying to find ways to excuse being a slut. No, I actually love to invest in people and strengthen them and to enhance them. And I have the capacity to do that for more than one person at a time because I know who I am. My friend Uvia Paveto, I did. I showed just on polyamory with her, and that was one of the main points that she drove home is that if you're going to be having more than one significant other at a time, you have got to have rules, be a person who is given to boundaries and respect discipline. 
You have to be constantly evaluating yourself. You can't lie. You have to be beholden to the truth. Otherwise, it will not work. We already told you all this. And so I can do all that. I know who I am. I got my shit worked out. My fucking shit's in order. But if my king finds me, bitch, and he's talking this language I want to hear, and it's not just lip service, he don't know bullshit, and he's not trying to have sex with me the day he fucking meets me and shit, I'll be like, I believe we found something of value, <laughs> okay? And I'm just going to let it be that. <laughs> I also don't want to be somebody's option. I don't like to treat people like options because what if a disaster comes? I'm talking about like something that affects everyone. In a time of trouble, people are going to cling to whoever it is they consider to be a priority. It don't matter who you got in your life. They're going to go cling to their husband, to their kids, whoever it is that are really in their heart. If everyone's life gets threatened by some huge catastrophe, they're going to run to that. If you weren't a priority, if you were just an option before the day of trouble comes, they're going to treat your ass like an expendable fucking option and abandon you. It doesn't matter how intense the sex was or how y'all held each other through nights, just filling up the voids in each other's fucking ever cavernous lives. When, when it fucking really fucking counts, then people are not going to be around because y'all sit there and just refer to each other as options. The Bible said it like this. They deceived and were deceived. They deceived and were deceived. And y'all were like the blind leading the blind. The blind leading the blind. I don't, I, no, I, I don't want to be somebody's fucking option because when some shit pops off, I need help. I need people who value me to be close to me because if they valued me then, they will value me now. <laughs> Period. Period. And everybody's going to be all upon you and saying nice things, you know, when you're, when everything's great. But when trouble comes, that fire reveals within people's hearts. And oftentimes people are surprised to see people they thought were friends weren't really friends. Mm-mm. <laughs> No, ma'am. Your quote unquote lovers who you so hastily got naked with. Who? Did they help you <laughs> when you needed it? Or did they fucking laugh and clown your ass? <laughs> and some of y'all, <laughs> some of y'all are so foolish as to think that. How can I say this? There are people who think that their closest friend relationships. Are their most intimate and best relationships, but the people who have seen them naked are not as close. Am I the only person in the room that sees the dumbassedness in this? As I stated in an earlier part of this show, our 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 you know, our nudity is valuable. Like this is our bodies are the only the most sacred thing we have in this physical realm. Our spirits are our most valuable part and our internal unseen parts, but our physical bodies are, are everything that we have. We only get one. Your friends, your best friends, who perhaps you grew up with, or just hell, some maybe a new tribe that's coming to your life, people who you really feel close with, but you are not sexual with, ain't never seen your nudity. It should be more of a big deal for us to reveal our nudity to people than what it is. It is something that most people in the world have not seen. Therefore, it is a special thing. And it is the most intimate thing you can do. And then when you go into the, about the business of having sex, there is no amount of, there is no way that you can be more vulnerable 
and more accessible spiritually, emotionally, and physically, physically than when you have sex with people. Your best friends do not know you on that deep, intimate level. And for, and for some fool to think that their closest relationships are their buddies and not the people who they sleep with, you have got some twisted and fucking construed, misfucking construed priorities. And I mean, I'm just going to leave it at that. That's, I can't even much do anything with that. So as I get ready to close this out, my fellow queens, my empathetic people out there, this, this is really for you because we are not the people putting this oppression on people. It is the hateful, bitter, broken, evil, black-hearted, no-hearted ass people who go about the business of enslaving others. So that's Lucifer working through them because they're dark workers. We are light workers. We are not dark workers. They are dark workers. So the large part of this message has been to my queens and a warning to the dark workers out there to stop being so fucking dark. Before Lucifer consumes your ass off of this earth, and then you get to hang out with him in your afterlife. Ooh. <laughs> Empaths, queens, let us not become slaves to the needs of others. This includes mothers and families. You are not there to serve your damn child, you're there to groom them, nurture them. I know you love them, but don't let your soft feelings for them cause you to slip into bondage under the heavy hand of oppression of your child, that child is still a person, no matter how little or big they are, and they are a spirit, and spirits will work through them. Be careful. Let us balance out our pleasures, people. Don't give too much of your time to any one thing or neglect other things, or you will fall out of balance. This includes work, sex, raising your children. Hell, you can be over-churched, bitch. You can, there's such a thing as being overly fucking churchy and going to church all the damn time and all that fucking bullshit you know be careful shit might look good but it ain't yes you can be over church you can be too much of any fucking thing you can play sports too much you can work out too much you can do this you can drink too much fucking water and vomit it up be careful overall masters your master your intentions and the heart of the matter with anything for the heart of the matter is what matters the most so that means even if you find temperance and don't do those things as much, maybe that's your stepping stone to clarity and to your own enlightened awakening is to, is to just do the same bullshit, but do it less and then work on the heart of the matter. But it seems like to me, you should be able to walk and chew gum at the same time. I'm not actually going to give you that out. Stop doing stuff excessively. And at the same time, be sure that your intentions are right. God damn it. Fuck all that shit. Stop the bullshit. And so be sure your intentions are right with anything and that you're coming at it from a heart of putting the other person first, caring about them and valuing them and doing what you can to enhance this world and this community and not serving yourself. It's not all about you. It really isn't. And once you learn <laughs> to let go of the desire to hold on to everything and white knuckle everything and to feel like you're in control of so damn much, then maybe you'll actually come to control yourself because you really ain't controlling a damn thing like you think you are. You just have the illusion that you are. And this is it. I've said what I had to say. I've taken nothing back. I regret nothing. 
My name is Devannon. Uh, the website is sexdrugsandjesus.com. Our YouTube channel is there as well, Sex and Drugs and Jesus Podcast. My lingerie store, the one that I, the Lord encouraged me to keep that started in that flea market all those years ago when I had stopped being homeless. And I was using my janitor's paycheck to pay for it is down under apparel.com. And oh, you know what? Yeah, I didn't think about that. Like, hmm. Go me and yay Jesus. Earlier in the show, I don't know if I'm going to break this bitch in the parts yet. I didn't <laughs> sit down at this desk thinking I was going to be talking for this many hours. But I was talking about how people with high sexual energy can alchemize it and use it to teach others. But I didn't really, rather than to use it to go out and be whores, you know, I was, but I didn't really go down that, that, that rabbit hole too far. But I was thinking about the, the origins of Down Under. This, this this came from my my so I'm I'm a Sagittarius, but I do have Scorpio in my charts. And so Scorpios, like Sagittarius carry their energy in their thighs. Scorpio, as I understand it, do in like their sac reproductive organs. So Scorpios can be horny little motherfuckers. Okay, and I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that, but if if they don't use the shit right, then they just gonna become a gross this is gonna be all fucked up. I'm just going to say it like that. But I have Scorpio in my charts. And so I have a high sex drive and I'm a very sexual person. I have a strong underwear fetish, bitch. I probably have over something like 300 pairs by now. I've collected them over the years. It helps when you own a business of such because you, know, you can get shit at, you know, a good rate. And so, and I hang them all on, on hangers. I don't put my underwear. I hate clothing drawers. I despise that shit. And I respect clothes. I hang everything up so I can see what the fuck I'm working with. And, but I never, never thought about this until just right now before I was about to close this show. Like I was telling people with high sexual energy, be you a Scorpio or not, it doesn't matter. They use that shit to benefit humanity and to teach classes and to help people who have been hurt and things like that with sexual wounds, like soul wounds and things like that. Down Under came about the same way because of my intense fucking underwear fetish and how the chip fucking turns me on. I, I took it. I took that and turned it into a business. Okay. This business helps people in their intimate lives with their significant others. It revitalizes the spark because people will order things to help them in their sex life with the people they love and care for. Okay. Uh, I mean, whatever else they're using it for in my damn business, because it's, you know, it's classified. I don't ask people what they're using it for, but we make it a point to carry plus size clothing. Things like men's lace lingerie, because a lot of men who probably primarily on most days identify as straight like to switch it up. And wear their girls lingerie and I'm all here for all of that. Take the very confident fucking man. To be like, to look at his girl, be like, baby, can I wear your bra tonight? And take the confident woman to be like, shit, yeah. It, okay. <laughs> Bitch, uh, look, it happens. <laughs> it happens. But we have lace lingerie that's very feminine that's designed for the male physique so the shit will hang on you right. And all kinds of shit like that. If we celebrate diversity in people's bodies and things like that. Do you see how... I tell the Lord bless me to have the wisdom 
because I give a fuck about people to take my high sex drive and my kinky freaky ass who can't, who loves fucking underwear and lingerie and take it and turn it into a business that can make me money, but furthermore help people who may have been insecure about the things that they like or the way they look when they look in the mirror to feel better about themselves. Through Down Under Apparel, I can battle the voices in people's heads who told them they were too fat, too feminine, too whatever the fucking case may be. And I can say, no, look at this model wearing this shit proud with a shit-eating grin on his face. We validate you here. You, you should not need our validation, but right now you're on a journey. And we're going to go ahead and let you have that. You are fine, no matter how much you weigh. And if you're a, a, a physical male and you want to be like a girl when it comes to lingerie, all the power to you. <laughs> that is a prime example. And it just came to me about taking something that can be used for, for wild, lustful reasons and using that shit to fucking help enhance society. And with that, I'm going to go ahead and close up the show and make me a celebratory cock and tail. I'll be making it with Saki, of course. You doing it as I do when I'm doing when I doing it as I do when I'm in motherfucking Japan, bitch. And kisses and blessings be upon you. Learn something from this and share it with somebody who you claim to love. Thank you all so much for taking time to listen to the Sex, Drugs, and Jesus podcast. It really means everything to me. Look, if you love the show, you can find more information and resources at sexdrugsandjesus.com or wherever you listen to your podcast. Feel free to reach out to me directly at thebannon at sexdrugsandjesus.com and on Twitter and Facebook as well. My name is Devannon. It's been wonderful being your host today. And just remember that everything's going to be all right.